Today we're starting a brand new series entitled, Who Told You That? Who told you that? Look at your neighbor and say, who told you that? In this series, we're going to be replacing lies with truth, shame with grace, and we're going to be replacing fear with faith. Who told you that? Here's what I've learned, that um, eventually my life is going to end up looking like my beliefs. Jesus said it like this, John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, so watch this, your knowing and your living are connected. You'll know something and dependent upon what you know, it will bring freedom or bondage. But your believing will affect your living. So truth sets us free, lies keep us bound. Anywhere you're bound in your life right now, it's because you believe a lie in that area of your life. You might be bound to hatred, anger, unforgiveness, greed, lust, addiction. It doesn't matter. Anywhere you're bound, you've believed a lie in that area. And anywhere you're free, you've believed a truth that has brought freedom because truth always brings freedom no matter how hard it is to hear. And lies always bring bondage no matter how easy it is to hear or how popular it is to hear or how much the news talks about it or culture talks about it. Just because it's popular does not mean it's truth and does not mean it can set you free. Amen, Javen. Thank you for telling the truth this morning. You're welcome. So my beliefs determine my decisions and my decisions determine my future. I was born looking like my parents, but I'm going to die looking like my decisions. So if I need to be concerned about my decisions, I need to go back to my believing. I need to go back to what I believe. So I have to replace lies with truth. I have to replace shame with grace. I have to replace fear with faith. And so with that in mind, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, now we're going to see it in the text. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife, this is Adam and Eve, hid from the Lord God walking about in the garden. So Adam and Eve have sinned against God. God does his daily walk in the garden to walk with Adam and Eve. And when he does, they hide. They hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Here we go. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who who told you that you were naked, the Lord asked. I want to preach from the subject today. Who told you to hide? Who told you to hide? Who told you to hide? Look at your neighbor. Tell him, stop hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you would speak now in a powerful and profound way. I pray that we would all be changed by your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our hearts are open and we're ready for a word from you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Religion says, I messed up. My dad is going to kill me. 
but the gospel says, I messed up. I need my dad. I wonder where you would be in that statement. I wonder, I wonder what would come to your heart when you make a mistake. I've learned that I'm either allowing God into my life or I'm hiding in the trees and bushes of shame and disappointment and temptation and fear. I'm either running to God or I'm running from God, but I really haven't found a neutral gear yet in the things of God. I've been serving Jesus now for 25 years. I've been in gospel ministry for 21 years and I still haven't found neutral. I find that I'm either going forward in God and seeking God or I'm in reverse running from God. And so today, all over again, the Lord is calling us to closeness, to relationship, to a walk in the garden that will change everything about us. I just want you to know that this message is for everybody in the room. It's for the saint and the sinner and the sinner who thinks they're a saint. And the saint who's convinced they're a sinner. We all need Jesus. I'm going to need a little bit of a better amen right there. We all need, we all need Jesus. Not as a one-time experiment or experience, but as our daily bread, our daily source, and our daily supply. We need Jesus. So I want to, I want to just give you some good news today. I want to talk about God. I want to preach about God. I don't want to preach about you or me. I want to preach about God. I just think it's important that we hear about God and that we know God. And, and so let me just share a few things about God. I checked my Instagram before this third service. I didn't really have any mentions today because it's not really, you're like, tell me how to get a new car. Tell me how to get a new house. Tell me how to get a breakthrough in my marriage. So let me tell you about God. Cause if you can get the God thing right, you can fix everything else. And so open your heart, open I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach today. I feel a preach on me. Let, me. let me tell you about God. God seeks. God seeks. God seeks. He, he said, Adam, where, where are you? Where, where are you? God never asks a question because he does not know the answer. God is not asking because he doesn't know. God is asking because he's trying to reveal something to Adam. He's attempting for Adam to get honest. He's attempting to teach Adam something new. It's not that God did not know where Adam was at. It was that God wanted to make sure Adam knew where he was at. Like, do you know where you're at? Where are you? What would be your answer to your soul location, spiritual location, physical Location. God went for his daily walk in the cool of the day. He went on his walk, and when he got to his walk, Adam wasn't there. God didn't miss the walk. Adam missed the walk. And so when God shows up to it, and that's all God wants from you is a walk. He just wants to walk with you. He just wants to be with you. He just wants to lead and guide you. Listen, God knew Adam sinned and God sought him anyway. <laughs> and God knows our own weaknesses and he seeks us anyway. Luke 19, 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. Jesus seeks and Jesus saves. Watch this, not just at salvation, but every day and every hour he is seeking us. Never forget this. 
He is constantly pursuing us. Why? Because we're constantly running. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. Oh, I love that word. I just love that Bible word. We're going to look at a few of these Bible words today that are just interesting. To the uttermost. That means that there is not a part of your life that Jesus cannot save. The parts of your life that you've told yourself, Jesus, he can save this or he can do this or he can do this, but he can't do that. No, no, no. He can save to the uttermost. He can get into that secret. He can get into that issue. He can get into that closed room. He can get into that cycle. He can get into that. Cur- I'm telling you, he can save to the uttermost. Everyone who draws near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. See, I'm saved, but I'm being saved, and one day I'm going to be saved. Like I got saved June 10, 1998, but I'm still being saved. Anybody else be being saved? Like you think you're pretty saved and then you get in rush hour traffic or... I always think I'm pretty saved. And then the other day I, I was trying to eat healthy. And then so, I don't know who it was, but someone in the church sent a dozen crumble cookies to the office. Says, you devil, you. I was so strong. I had so much spiritual authority. I was going to have a day of prayer and fasting. And then there you go. There was crumble. Just, and I was like, man, I am not that saved yet, am I? Because I can't, I can't turn down a cookie yet. Oh, but one day I'm going to be saved. One day I'm going to get to heaven where there will be no sickness, no shame, no calories. Amen. No tears, no devil, no sin. I'm, I'm saved. I'm being saved and I'm going to be saved. God seeks. God seeks. Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven, what's it like? It's like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and brought Bought, excuse me, that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. Let me tell you something about this story about the kingdom. This is not a story about us finding the kingdom. This is a story about the king finding us. You're not the man in the story. You're the pearl in the story. An unclean thing from an unclean animal in a field, but God found you. I I, I thought I found Jesus. No, you didn't. You were dead in your sin. Dead people can't find nothing. And, And the Bible says we are poor in our sin, which means we can't buy anything. Book of Romans says no one seeks God. No, not one. That means that I didn't seek the kingdom. The kingdom sought me. The king found me. And the king bankrupt heaven to buy me. The Bible says I was bought with a price. I didn't buy salvation, earn salvation, or find salvation. The king found me, bought me, purchased me, took me out of the kingdom of darkness, placed me into the kingdom. Oh man, anybody grateful? Come on, anybody grateful that God found you, God sought you, God seeks you, God keeps bringing you back no matter how far you run, you can't hide from the king. Go hide in a field and he will find you, God seeks. Oh, but he doesn't just seek. God covers. God covers. God God found Adam and Eve in their shame, in their nakedness, in their hiding. And what does he do? What does he do? He he covers them. Covers them. He covers. He walks up to them and they're, they're covered in fig leaves. It's their attempt to cover their shame. And it does not do a good job. And anytime you try to cover yourself, we can see you. 
Self-righteousness looks like a hospital gown, and you're just trying to cover that thing up. <laughs> I trust in God. No, you don't. You trust in your hand back there trying to cover up your own nakedness. But you don't have to cover yourself, and you don't have to make fig leaves of religion to try to cover your... Do you remember what Jesus, his last public miracle? He cursed the fig tree, and he goes, this will never bear fruit. Because you trying to cover yourself will never bear fruit. (sighs) And then the last miracle he does is he heals an ear. As if to say, if you would just listen to me and my voice, you could be saved. But here we are trying to cover ourselves in the fig leaves of religion. Trying to look like we have it all together. But God comes in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. And the Lord made garments of skin. This is his first sacrifice. This is the first time blood is shed in the Bible. Because God said if you sin you will die. There will be death. So God provided a covering for the sins of Adam and Eve. And he clothed them. I love that. That he didn't, he didn't stare at their nakedness. He clothed their nakedness. He didn't shame their nakedness. He clothed their nakedness. He didn't ignore their nakedness. He clothed their nakedness. See, Adam believed Satan's lie about the fruit, but he also believed Satan's lie about grace. He underestimated the sin, but he also underestimated God's mercy. And anytime you underestimate God's mercy, you're going to run from God. He sinned and then he hid. Yes, there was a consequence to sin, and yes, there's always a consequence to sin, but never forget this, there is a covering for sin. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, my little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. So read the Bible, you'll sin less. Word, it works. Read the Bible more. It, you'll be amazed. You'll sin less. You, you, you will not, the more you're in the word, the less you're gonna sin, but we're human. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Listen to me. The the work of the word keeps me holy, but the work of the Messiah keeps me forgiven. (laughs) Adam was covered. We're covered in the righteousness of Jesus. There's another covering in the New Testament, and that's when the prodigal son, he... He grabs his inheritance from his father. And the Bible says he, he left home and he wasted all of his money. I love it. Here's another Bible word. On riotous living. Just a good word. Just riotous. What does riotous look like? Go to the strip on a Saturday night at like 1 a.m. It's riotous. Maybe don't do that. Just trust me. Riotous living. He, he blows his inheritance and he tells himself, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to my father's house, not as a son, but maybe he'll hire me as a servant, as a slave. So he begins the journey home. And when he does, the Bible said that the father, he was looking for him. He was looking for him. And when he was a far way off, notice this, when he was a far way off, the scripture said the father ran. Now, Jewish men in this culture did not run. It was a, it was a sign of weakness. It was a sign of fear. It was a, it was. A, it was a sign that, that was not good. And so when he ran, he would have grabbed his cloak and he would have picked it up and he would have wrapped it around his waist and he would have exposed his legs. And again, in first century Judaism, they never would expose their legs. Watch this. He, he took on the boy's shame. 
he exposed himself to cover his son Jesus, bloody and naked on a cross, took on our nakedness, went all the way back to the garden and said, I'll pay that price that you could never pay. And then he ran after the boy. And the scripture says he did, he did a few things. He ran and he embraced him and he kissed him. Luke 15, 20. He ran and he embraced him and he, and he kissed him. Why? Because in this day, when a, when a boy would do what that boy did, when that son did, not only did he bring shame on his last name and on his family name, but he would have brought shame on the village. So under that law of that day, you could actually kill the child for doing what they did. Now, this was a young man, but they could kill the young man for doing what he did. So as soon as he would have stepped foot in the village again, they were legally able to stone the boy. And with rocks in their hands, the father runs. And he covers them. And he gives them a kiss attack. And he says, don't you dare throw a rock. Go grab a ring and grab some shoes and get this boy a covering because my boy was lost, but now he's found. My boy was dead, but now he's alive. Let's celebrate. Go kill the fat. Go make a sacrifice because we're going to celebrate that my child is home and what the father did for that prodigal son, the father does for us. The father covers us, the father clothes us, the father kisses us, the father puts a ring on our finger and sandals on our feet and a cloak on our back. And he says, don't you dare touch him because if you try to touch him, you're gonna have to get through me. So drop your rocks and celebrate. Drop your rocks and pick up an instrument. Drop your rocks and begin to sing and dance. Oh, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ that when we were a far way off, God found us. Everybody grateful God seeks us and God covers us. Make some noise, everybody. Come on. <laughs> Lastly, let me have the team come up. God, God calls us. God calls us. He, he called to the man, just needed verse nine today. Just needed one verse today. God called to the man. God called to the man. God called Adam and God is still calling us. God called his first man and God is still calling his new man. He's, he's calling to the man. And he's calling us out of the forest of shame and the, the bushes of addiction and the orchards of fear. He's calling us out of the trees of disappointment and into his light. And he says, come on, stop hiding. Are you, are you hiding today? Why are you hiding? Why are you running from God? Who lied to you? Who told you God's mad at you? Who told you that? Who told you God's ashamed of you? Who told you that? What angry preacher that was really mad at himself tried to put that anger on you? What? Who told you that? What addicted preacher tried to tell you that you were the sinner? Who told you that? What religious system told you that you could never measure? What? Who told you that God is not pleased with you? Who, who lied to you? Who, who told you to run from God? Who told you to 
told you you're not enough? Who lied? Who told you that? You're never going to be able to walk with God with fig leaves on. (laughs) You're never going to enjoy your relationship with Jesus with the hospital gown covering up. He's calling you. And when he calls you, he will clothe you. And some of you are waiting in the bushes until you can fix yourself. God's coming. Come on, we got to cover ourselves up. God's calling me. We got to cover ourselves up. God's, God's, I better, I better wait back here. I better, I, I, man, I know one day I'm going to, I know one day I'm going to be able to fix this thing. I just got, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop. No, there we go again. I'm going to stop yelling at my family. Oh, there's the anger again. Oh, I'm a, man, I'm going to be generous. Oh, no, there we go again. I'm never going to do that again. Oh, I did it again. But one day, one day I'm going to figure all this out in the bushes and then I'm going to go serve God. And you're never going to serve God back here. Because freedom isn't back here. Freedom is out there with him. So I'm going to have to get out into the light. And I'm going to have to let God clothe me instead of my religious morality try to clothe me. scripture said in the New Testament that the kingdom of heaven would be like a wedding and the invitations would go out and a man showed up to the wedding without his invitation and the master of the ceremony said how did you get in here well here's what's amazing We we don't think about it these days back then they would actually the invitation actually came in the form of the clothing that they wanted you to wear at the wedding. That would be nice, right? <laughs> you want to do a formal wedding? You're going to pay for my tux, you know? Well, they would. It was a part of their cost. It was a part of the cost. The clothing was a part of the cost. And when you showed up at the wedding not wearing the invitation, the clothing, it was disrespectful to the bridegroom. And how many of us are trying to be around Jesus, but we're not letting him clothe us? We're worshiping in fig leaves and hospital robes, and he's going, can I clothe you in my righteousness? Can I cover you in my peace? Can I surround you in my love? Can you put on my invitation instead of trying to show up in your own? See, Adam had an unhealthy fear of God. We need to fear the Lord, but we cannot be afraid of God. To fear the Lord is just a Bible word for awe, A-W-E, awe, awesome, wow. I fear the Lord because he's awesome, but I'm not afraid of God. Because 1 John chapter 4 says that if I'm afraid of God, fear has to do with punishment. But God's perfect love has driven out all fear. So if I'm afraid of God and I'm afraid God's going to punish me, I'll never love God. But if I have a, a healthy fear of God and i awesome, then I'll worship God. So John Bevere said the fear of God is not being afraid of him. It's being afraid of being away from him. Yo. That's where I'm at right now. I don't want to do anything without God. 
I want to preach without God. I want to sing without God. I want to be a, a parent without God. I want to be a dad without God. I don't want to be a, a husband without God. I don't want to be a pastor without God. Like, I don't want to drive without God. I don't want to go to sleep without God. I don't want to eat without God. Like, God, if you're not in it, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm afraid of being away from you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm afraid of taking one step without you. I'm afraid of getting out in front of you. So Jesus says, are you tired? You worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a, a real rest. Y'all know how it is. You go on vacation and then you need a vacation from the vacation. You know how it is. Just one more drink to take the edge off in it. And the edge never leaves, does it? Because what you don't, you don't need another drink. You need real rest. You don't need another dollar in the bank account. You need real rest. You don't need that car. You need real rest. You don't need that zip code. You need real rest. I'm not against the car. I'm not against the house. I'm not against what. But if you think that's rest, the devil's lied to you. Walk with me. Work with me. Don't work for me or against me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Maybe you've read it in another translation. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. Yoke. Not egg yolk. Yoke. Y-O-K-E. It, it was a wood harness that would go on two oxen. And there would always be a larger, older, more experienced oxen and a younger oxen. Guess what? We had a younger one. And the older one, that's Jesus. And Jesus goes, you just stay with me. Don't get out ahead of me. Don't try to lead. Just stay connected to me. I won't push you too hard. I'll stop for water. We'll eat plenty. This will be good. Don't do this. On, if, you, if, you try to, if you try to get out ahead of me, number one, you can't because I'm too strong. So you're just going to wear yourself out. Are you tired? Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lightly. Ooh, what a way to live. How are you doing? I'm just light. You like, well, life is heavy, but I'm light. Because life is not my burden. Jesus is my burden. I don't have the weight of the world on my shoulders. I got Jesus with me. Oh, man, circumstances are crazy, but, but I'm light because that, that's not my burden. Economy's crazy, but that's not my burden. Family stuff, wow, but that's not my burden. My, my burden is the burden I've taken on with Jesus, and that, that is light, and that is easy. Are you tired? Are you running? Who told you to hide? Who told you to hide? Who lied to you? What lie have you believed about God, about yourself, about your life? Maybe about me. You know, I'm not your former pastor. You know that? <laughs> Some of y'all still trying to check me out to see if I'll act like him. I'm not him. So chill. And this church isn't that church, so chill out. Stop judging people based off of past pain. What lie have, who told you that? Who told you God's against you? Who told you God's managing? Are you hiding today? Are you running from God? Are you, 
Are you at arm's length with Jesus because you're afraid of being disappointed again? Get out of the trees. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. If I'm preaching to you, if I'm talking to you, I'm just, if I am, if I got your phone number today, if I got your address today and you just know I'm talking to you and you're saying, I am done with the heavy burden of religion. I'm done hiding. I'm done with fig leaves. I'm done living in cycles. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I, I, I feel the nudge and the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, come on. Jabin, you said God's calling and God calls and I feel like he's talking to me right now. If that's you, I want you to stand all over the room. If that's you, if I'm preaching to you today. If this sermon was for you, I want you to stand this sermon was for you, I want you to say, don't look around, don't wait for anybody else to stand. No one's judging. I'm done. I'm done with the bushes. I'm done with the trees. I'm done. I'm done sewing my life together, trying to do this on my own. I need God to clothe me. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying God's calling you out of that thing and he's calling you into the light. He's calling you into freedom. I wonder today, have you believed a lie? Have you believed a lie? If, if you're sitting there and you go, you know what? I don't really even know what it is, but I feel like as you're saying that, I've believed a lie. I want you to stand. Wherever you're bound, if you've believed a lie, I want you to stand. I gotta get my, I gotta get my thinking right in this area. I gotta... that I've been I've been listening to the wrong voice and it's it's bound me but I'm ready to listen to the right voice and it set me free thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus God is not against you God is not against you God is for you God loves you is not disappointed. Who told you that? Jesus. 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 dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor how much more will he clothe you how much more will he clothe you beauty so how much more does he love